Hi, this is Wes Fryer. It's Thursday, September the 19th, 2013, and this is a recorded presentation from the Mobile 2013 conference held in Tucson, Arizona this week. And this is a presentation by Carl Hooker, who is the Director of Instructional Technology for EANS ISD in Texas. And I did just push record shortly after Carl started, so you're just going to hear him jump right into this. But this was the description of the session. With the flipped classroom, teachers turn the traditional classroom structure on its head and use technology, typically mobile devices such as iPads, tablets, or laptops, to reorganize class so that students maximize the value of their time with their teachers and peers. However, after providing students with custom content to consume on mobile devices and assessing them with student response systems, what does this flipped learning really look like? In this session, we will examine scenarios from elementary through high school that provide examples of these upside-down learning environments where students engage, explore, and collaborate. The flipped classroom isn't just about bringing iPads or tablets into classrooms. It's about using them to transform the way that students learn. So, without introduction, here we go back to the Mobile 2013 conference with Carl Hooker from EANS ISD. On the side, but I'm actually full-time the Director of Instructional Technology in a district called EANS ISD in Austin, Texas. We're one-to-one, K-12, 8,000 iPads. I have some gray hairs in my beard. Yes, do you know what's happening tomorrow? iOS 7 happens. I'm very excited. <laughs> yes, so I keep telling you, so an update. Yeah, we're going to update tomorrow. So a little bit about me. I, of course, have been speaking for several years. <laughs> Check out that style, the style splashes. Yeah. I'm paperless now, by the way. Uh, but my fashion sense continued, not only from that 10-year-old picture to... Why are you laughing? <laughs> you don't love that sweater? <laughs> I mean, that's me and my grandmother. For those of you that have ever heard the stories, yes, this is Anita. Hooker. That's my sister. <laughs> Some crowds are like, what is he talking about? Oh, Anita Hooker. Now I get it. Yeah. She got married when she was 12 and a half. <laughs> True story, though. His name was, his, she was married when she was 20, but his name was Young. And actually, if you go to, like, the 1994 archives of the Jay Leno show, there's the Young Hooker wedding. Yeah. You saw that? That was my sister. I'm so proud of her. Uh, the one thing you don't see in this picture right now is though, the amount of technology that we had as kids. And we were very high tech. In fact, if I slide this picture over a little bit, we had picture-in-picture television. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> and, and that Betamax thing sitting yeah. on top. Sweet. Anyone own one of those? So yeah, we're ahead of our time when it came to technology. Well, as this is a uh, flipped presentation, I'm not going to just talk to you the whole time. You have some work to do. We're going to flip this presentation. It's not going to be a lecture the whole time. Before I get into that, let me just tell you my three conflicts of interest, and this is I'm contractually obligated, obligated to bring this up every time. These three are my conflicts of interest. That's, that's Ima, Yura, and Vegas. No. Yeah, let's again. I'd love to name Vegas, but with a name like Hooker, it just doesn't work. Um, so yes, three girls. All of the last name of Hooker heading into middle school in a few years. Four-year-old, two-year-old, six-month-old right now. Uh, and so whenever I'm doing anything, I'm always thinking about what are their interests. And they are actually going to the district that I work at, which is great. So I want to make sure that by the time Sophia, the oldest, hits kindergarten next year, I want things in place. It's iPad initiative. I wanted it ready to go by the time she walked in the door. So I have a lot of pressure on myself to make sure that happens for them. But that guides me. Now, when they're out of high school, who knows when I'll do that. But at this point, I want to make sure that everything's good for them. So here's your assignment. Everybody take uh, one sheet of notebook paper that's there in front of you. Just tear off a blank sheet. We're going to flip something real quick. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to show you a video on how to make an origami boat. You're going to watch the video one time and try to make the boat. We're going to see if you can do this. Ready? Here's the video. Get ready to get a piece of paper. I'm doing this on purpose, by the way. If you're getting frustrated, that's the reason why. Go. Here it comes. And he's got some real training music on. Get ready. I want to see if someone can do this in one track. All right. Anyone? Wow. Okay. 
I was, okay, first of all, I was not expecting such an advanced group. You ruined my point, Wes Ryder. <laughs> but give yourselves a hand, good job. My point was going to be, except you guys did it well, so you paid very much close attention to this. We kind of expect this with kids all the time. We're going to give you all the information and all the instructions, one shot, you have to figure it out. And know if you're not paying attention, if you miss one little part of that, you miss the whole sequence. Because here's what I was going to do next. Actually, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give you about, for those of you that didn't get it, I'm going to give you about three minutes. This is a link to that video, and those are actual instructions on how to do it. Picture instructions, they aren't quite as good. If you want to go to tiny.cc slash mobile2013, it's that exact same video. So I'm going to give you about three, four minutes. Try it again. Only this time, you control the video yourself uh -huh. on your device, on your iPad, on your MacBook. It's just nice. a YouTube video. Are you, are you a flipper? So I won't have any, well, we'll hear the music start up here in a minute. Because that's where everyone's going to start playing the video and it'll get loud in here. We'll give you just a couple minutes. When you're done with this, you're actually going to have to tweet your final project out to a hashtag. So let's see. <laughs> Those of you that are already done can already do this. The hashtag is going to be uh, mobile2013 vote. <laughs> but for this, you know, we'll give you a few minutes. So go ahead and go to that site and try it out. Let's see if it's working. Is it working? Do we crash the internet? You should chirp us that website. I can chirp it. Sure. Who wants to chirp? I'll chirp it. I learned something yesterday. I love children. <laughs> <laughs> I hear some of the music that got that cheesy. It's, some teenage kid made these videos. He's got a whole series of them. They're great. But he chooses like the sappiest kind of like, I'm going to go run off a cliff. Music. Let's see. I need a... Uh, Thank you. Good. Good. Sweet. Oh, your Show off. And it's like the first thing that came up for and it's like we're going to vote. And actually, this instruction on that page are different than the video, and there's some differences in how they It's two different votes. But I put that up there for the, the visual, the static visual.
<laughs> oh, well, there you go, Ashley. She owned it. Oh, very nice, West Briar. Someone's using their glasses case here, I see. I thought I saw someone had one on a water bottle. What is that? That was my test from last night, by the way, just to prove that I was going to try it too. Oh, they went well. <laughs> someone, there you go. This is Tweet Bean, by the way. It's a kind of a, a new site that I was just playing with last night. Tweet Bean, you can actually put in a hashtag and have pictures come up. Tweet Bean. And it's free, it's just a website. Oh, there's two boats right there. And if I leave it running, it'll actually do this as well. This is actually a pretty cool idea to have in the classroom or on a wall somewhere. Like, we have a digital, we call it digital signage. We have a TV screen we walk into a lot of our campuses. And so we'll use things like this where you can have whatever everyone hashtags it. Now, middle school kids, of course, will take this and run away because they get their picture on the wall somewhere, so you gotta be careful with that. But you can just, in this case, I just made it search mobile 2013 vote, and this is gonna auto kind of feed through those pictures as you guys up. So we just did a flipped lesson. We delivered it, you learned from it, you turned in your assignment. We never actually used paper. Well, that's not true, we did use paper. <laughs> So close. But you get the idea. You had newspaper for this. They could have been scrap paper, that's true. So one of the other things that we're going to do is we're actually going to uh, use a back channel for this. Last night, Tim mentioned today's meet. And I saw some of you weren't sure what back channel was. So does anyone want to explain what back channel means? Way to pass notes without paper. Thank you. Way to pass notes without paper. You had your hand up too. Were you going to say something? Right. So if you're watching a movie, you're having them have a conversation while they're actually watching it, so they're thinking out loud. That's great. We're actually going to demonstrate that in just a second. What I'd like you to do right now is, let's all participate. Let's go to todaysmeet.com on any device, whichever one you're most comfortable typing with, because this is all just typing. And go ahead and sign in. Now, you can be anonymous in today's meeting. So if you want to be a celebrity today, I'm going to go ahead and let you do that. And I would have had this conversation with, especially my high school students when I'm talking to them, about when is it appropriate to be anonymous and what does that mean? Always good to have a one or two minute conversation before you start an activity like this, especially with teenage kids who will take it and run with it. Or by the way, football coaches, I found out, also. Because I had two football coaches in a training sitting on opposite sides of the room and one decided he was going to be the other one because he just wrote in the name Coach Greg. And every time I go there, I say, Coach Greg, why do you keep saying all these bad things? And he's like, I'm not doing it. And this other coach started giggling in the corner. Like, you're worse than me. Yeah, I'm middle school. So go in there, say hello. Say hi, howdy. Um, let me see if we got some coming up. Nice. Use the fork. Oh, we have Obi-Wan is here with us. Todaysmeet.com slash mobile2013. If you just go to todaysmeet.com, you will get just a blank page that says you want to start a room. This is a great resource because it doesn't cost any money. It's free. It can last a day, two hours, a week. This particular room, I just let sit alive for a week, so in a week from now it'll expire. But a lot, I was actually surprised that Mobile 2013 hadn't been taken yet. That was a good sign. Okay, because someone else isn't using this yet. But in a week, that'll be freed up. That name will be freed up. If you just did todaysmeet.com slash math, you'd probably stumble into somebody's room. So be aware of that. Um, but it is great. It's free. It doesn't require a login. I have talked to some districts that don't allow student email. And it's hard to get into accounts and share things without an email. This is a great way to turn things in digitally because they can just share a link into today's meet. It's a way to turn in assignments that way. So this is todaysmeet.com slash mobile2013. And we have Mahalo here, Andy Claw, Tech Mom, Sweetie. Julia Roberts is here. All right. Some of you are just, you're either being yourself or you're just not feeling creative this morning. That's okay. All right. So the first question, this is going into the today, today's meeting. The first question is, 
the biggest question. Why are you here? What is flipped learning? Go into today's meeting and just kind of put your own idea out there. And remember, you're anonymous, or some of you chose to be. I'm not going to pick on you. I do have a gift card up here for somebody later. So I'm looking for those people that are creatively putting ideas out there. So maybe Julia Roberts will get a gift card today. You never know. And I think I've already detected who that is. Because she just keeps smiling every time I say it. So go to todaysmeet.com slash, and by the way, it's up at the top there to the address, in case you lost it. Todaysmeet.com slash mobile2013. It is not case sensitive, and you don't need www or stuff. What's your idea about what is flip learning? I kind of want to see what the room thinks about it. We did sort of an experiment in flip learning. Yes. That was called Tweet Beam. You know what, I'll put it in today's meeting. Like I said, this room will stay active for a week. When it's done, I'm going to pull the whole transcript and post it to the Mobile 2013 website. So you'll see, even though the room disappears, you'll see everything we say today. It'll all be captured. So if I put a link in there, or a video, or someone else wants to share something in the room, we'll keep all that information. You can always go back to this session and see those notes. So let me go out and see what we have here. Start at the bottom. Let me go to actually. Let me go to projector mode. It's a little cleaner looking. Utilizing learning time efficiently. Redesigning instruction to allow more processing. Student ownership. I like. It. Wow, you guys got this. Come prepared to class and ready to create. Asynchronous, oh yeah. I just want to put a dink in the universe, Steve Jobs. <laughs> Allowing the class to be discovery based, good stuff. And of course I'm reading this right now, but you guys can be reading it, you're reading along with me, so I won't go through all these, but. No stage on the stage, my favorite new term. It's not sage on the stage, and it's not guide on the side. It's mentor in the center. I love that. Because to me, when I'm in the classroom now, and if in my class, in my district, we're untethered. Like I'm walking around right now, I want to be able to stand here and figure out what everybody's doing. And I want the kids to kind of come to me. I mean, a guy on the side would almost say you're passive. You're over there, you're not really a part of it. Mentor in the center, you know, I'm in the middle of my room and I know what's going on right now. I know that that guy's tweeting right now. I know that that lady just drank some coffee over there. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. There's a bag in the middle of the room. See, I noticed that. I wouldn't have noticed that if I was standing up in the front. So, we're using it in today's meet. We're going to use it a couple more times, but this is a good way to also have that further instruction. We're flipping the classroom. This doesn't mean you're going to go, I'm going to send you off to go to your hotel rooms tonight, watch a bunch of videos, and then come back and tell me about it. We're doing this live in class. You can do this in class. People sometimes think it has to happen at home at night. You can actually do this during the day. So it all comes back to how kids learn. You'll see my kids in a lot of presentations, by the way, so I'll just go ahead and apologize in advance, but I'm looking for oohs and ahs when I write them. Oh, thank you. Someone tweet Renee Aggie 98 tell her that. That's my wife. So when I look at Sophia and I think about, you know, in her mind, what does learning look like? And I take this picture of the look in her eyes in this picture. What happened at this moment was, this was just a few months ago, and like a propeller plane is flying over a house really low. Now, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, there's a propeller plane. In her eyes, as a four-year-old, she's never seen this before. And she's like, what is that? I mean, look at her. And she's like, and I started thinking, I was like, how do we, what happens from four years old to 18 years old where they totally lose that? It's killing me. It's like we just decided we're just not going to have that creativity in there. And I know there's a lot of head nodding going in here, so I know I'm in a good crowd because you guys are agreeing with me. But also, you know, we have, this is a challenge that I'm asking the room too. Like, how do we continue to keep that? Um, Sir Ken kind of points out that it's between the ages of seven and eight in his TED talk where kids, kind of start realizing that they have to conform, and they can't play outwardly, they can't just kind of make up little songs. Like she right now, I'll walk around the room, and she's making up a little song and dance, like, what is she doing? She's just creating in her mind. But at some point that stops. Much like my magic remote here, which no longer works. <laughs> Woohoo, like to fit. So, in the sense of flip learning, it's not just about how do we get more facts kind of crammed into their head, it's how do we actually make that association happen. 
So Sophia, when she saw that plane, we had a whole discussion about it. We went back into the house. We looked on the internet. Don't get me wrong. Not every conversation with my daughter is like, let's turn this into a lesson and go learn about the lizard or whatever. No. And sometimes it's just, she doesn't want it. Daddy, that's enough. I don't need to learn something at this moment. But in this case, we went in and we actually showed old World War II footage of, of uh, you know, bomber jets and things like that. And she started having all these associations. In fact, when I show her that picture of her even, which is great about digital age now, you can show a photo and she goes, oh yeah, I remember when I saw that plane. And her memory's quicker. When I was four years old, I don't remember anything from when I was four. And she's retaining some of that. And versus memorization, which we have homework here, right? Mmm, <laughs> oh, <nice>. I mean, we've kind of outsourced a lot of that right now, right? Memorization is no longer really a part of, I mean, it is still part of the standardized teaching curriculum, but we've outsourced a lot of that in our own lives to what? Technology, Google, right? One of my favorites. We love Google. Anyone know what this is? Steam engine, very good. Does anyone know when the, when the steam engine was invented and who invented it? That guy back there is Googling it right now. Yeah. Like Wait, Watt. Watt. Not JJ Watt, because he plays for the Texans. But yes. yes. <laughs> He's on my fantasy team. Yep, very good. Ooh, defensive player. Yes, James Watt, 1789. This thing revolutionized everything in society, right? All of a sudden, you get from New York to LA in three weeks. But it was amazing. And like the whole generation, wow, we become this generation of the steam engine. We can get to places we wanted to go quickly. Well, that's all shifted. We're now kind of a generation of the search engine, right? You know, I love Google and their little artworks, their little Google Doodles. And so all of a sudden, those old conversations they used to have in bars about who was it that scored, you know, had the best batting average in 1967? What was Carly Scripture because he won the triple crown? No, it was so Well, now we just Google it, right? Those geeks who drink trivia nights, they have to like make you turn off all your stuff because they're afraid you're Googling it really It's changed a lot of things. And this also happens with flipped learning. So all of a sudden, if you're giving the kids an assignment to go home at night and say, I want you to learn about this, if you're having them pick up those facts, that's a good thing, but you need to figure out how to associate those facts. So, ah, this thing turned off again. One of the classrooms I saw uh, in Austin, actually, this is at, not in one of my district's uh, schools, but the University of Texas has an elementary school. It's a pretty cool program. And this is Stephanie Serta's room. And what she does with her third graders is she actually has a big board. She says, what's Googleable? And what is it? And she has the kids think about what kind of things you could actually do without Google. And one of the things we have in Austin down here is a little post-it note, it's a little blurry, and the kid didn't spell correctly because there's no spell check on post-it notes yet. Yet. Um, was we actually have a plastic bag ban. I know that's happening in California. We just started banning plastic bags in all of our stores. And so this is a pertinent thing that just happened in our town. And she asked, that was one of the things she said down there, is like, how does not having plastic bags, or not using plastic bags, how does that reflect, or how does that affect our world, our land? That is a question that you can't really Google. Sure, you can Google it, but you may get mixed answers. You have to really do some deep research there. So what she's done in her class is really figured out what are some things that we can Google versus we can't. And then with flipped teaching in her room, she really focuses on those non-Googleable things. You can use the part to go home and pick up the Google facts, but really that research and that practice time in class is about these things, because this is the great discussion that comes out of it. Papert was quoted this morning, uh, and I love all of Papert's quotes. This one gets me the most because it really talks about this, the fact that you know, just giving kids technology and saying, here you go, good luck, isn't, about, isn't everything. It's all about giving them the tools and then putting them in the right spot to know where they're, to know where they're at. You know, it prevents those bar debates with Google, but we also stop, start having less of the Homer Simpson brain because now we're starting to actually think creatively. Our kids are starting to think that way because we're giving them the tools and kind of walking away. We're not being the guy on the side. We're still in the middle. I love this. Not because it's just can read, but... Not yet. Keanu, you probably say, whoa. <laughs> yeah. 
I put this up here because I heard this came out in 90, well, someone can Google this for me too, 99, 97. And you start thinking, wow, there's no way you're going to be able to just kind of zap that stuff into your brain. There's actually research happening right now with mice where they've coded brain cells in the synapses in, brain, in the mice brain where they color-coded it with two different colored dyes. Have you heard about this? This will either scare the living anyway off you or you should be amazed. So what they did is they, they, put the, they injected the dyes in the mice brain. They cloned the mouse. This mouse could do a maze, had the maze figured out, memorized it and everything. Those dyes, they made ones and zeros, which we all know is tech, right? Technology. All of a sudden, they could figure out with ones and zeros in the mice brain what their memories were. And they were able to extract those memories and inject them into the clone mouse, which guess what? The first time it did the maze, it did it perfectly. So, <laughs> someone got scared. <laughs> so, it is sort of happening, but I don't do, I don't say that story to talk about, this is what we're going to do with flip learning, we're going to plug kids into their brains. No. I mean, a lot of flip teaching started with videos. In fact, with me, just last Thanksgiving, you know, I had no idea how to carve a turkey. So what did I do? Went to cooking.com, pulled up this little video, and of course, I also should have watched the video on how to fry a turkey because it came out really black. Uh, I didn't realize, yeah, three hours in the fryer, not good. <laughs> Lessons learned, but yeah. So, back to the today's week. What are some ways that you use technology to help you learn? This is more about you, not just your class or your kids. But think about you, what's something recently, or maybe just five minutes ago with the origami project, but think about something other than that. Has there been something you've done? Have you pulled up a YouTube video? Have you looked up instructions somewhere online recently? So go to the Today's Meeting, and I'll pull it up here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Did someone really prepare a flash mob? Mm-hmm. Oh, tell me about that, please. Well, there's a, there's a bunch of us in it. It was a, a back-to-school assembly for the students the very first Friday of school. So we sent out the video quietly among the staff, and we all practiced on our own, and then went in the gym and busted in front of the kids. i got to ask, what song did you choose? Uh, we took... We took a sampling of, have you guys seen the five minutes of dance, the guy Oh, the guy does all the dance. I love that one. This is really yeah. Yeah. Wow. We took his part two, it's shorter. All right, find that link and post it in the today's meeting. I'll look at it later. Put it in there. Gardening tips. Candy Crush, I've still not figured out. My wife loves it. In fact, I used to always say, oh, it's all about angry birds with the iPad. And the parents would look at me and I was like, what else are they playing? And I would hear this weird sound over the audience. It was always, they love Candy Crush. How to boil corn. How to lay tile on a wood floor. Man, we've got a lot of experts in this room. How to boil eggs. I don't think eggs, so I didn't know. Wait. Intermuscular ejections to self. Does anyone want to just volunteer why they put that on? Who's doing that? You don't have to share. It's medical. I know we have like HIPAA here. There's evolution of dance. Anything at tech. Right, so we use it a lot ourselves, and then those of you that are in UIO classrooms or one-to-one, you probably know your kids are starting to use it a lot too. I had a fifth grade teacher, she started to uh, do a lesson, it was a math concept on, um, I think it was congruent lines, and she said something, and also she turned around and looked, and four or five of the kids were raising their hands, she's like, what? She's, they're like, um, you didn't say it right. Like, what do you mean? Like, well, you actually incorrectly described it. This is a fifth grader calling out his teacher saying, and it says right here on... <laughs> <laughs> Wolfram Alpha, this is the way it's supposed to be. You know, she actually messed up the equation. That's a lot of pressure on a teacher to be the expert. You don't have to be the expert. That's the beauty of it. Let the kids kind of take over some of that. You do have to, however, give them some parameters. So, this was 2001. Now, this scares me and it also dates me. I used to be a first grade teacher. By the way, if you can't tell, this is me in the photo. <laughs> Just in case, we're going to call that out. Uh, what scared me about this is a couple things. One, these kids just graduated high school. Uh, yes, I was a kindergarten cop. Uh, and this little girl right here, Brooke, actually, I still talk to one of the gray and blue dress. Um, and one of the things I thought about was, like, what was different back then versus now? 
I mean, learning, teaching, everything. I was already doing some flip stuff, but I didn't know it because I hadn't coined the term yet. I wasn't as clever as uh, John Berkman and, Cle- and actually coined that term. We were doing things with technology. Now, a lot of technology back then, and maybe even right now in your schools, looks like this. This is engaging, it is. But right now, I can stand behind one of these kids and like stick my tongue out. You never know that I'm behind them. They have no idea that they're sitting next to each other. So there's no collaboration. There's no that connection, the authentic learning we just talked about. Now, they are learning things from these games, like that's Type Defender. There's another great game back then we used to use called Reader Rabbit. Any of the elementary teachers remember that? Yes. Used it. Used it. Okay, good. You said used it. Good. Okay. But yeah, it was good. I mean, it was engaging. It got them going. And it had some memorization, but it wasn't really getting them to cause those connections. So this is what's interesting about Facebook, is that about three years ago, one of the kids posted that class photo on Facebook and tagged every kid in the photo. Now, they're 16-year-olds by this point. And I thought, do you remember Mr. Hooker's class? And I started thinking, oh, come on, this could be really bad. Or I started thinking, they're going to remember that great writing test I gave them or that math quiz. No, they don't remember any of that stuff. They remember the time we dressed up like animals and made the entire room into a habitat. They remember when we read Harry Potter when it first came out, and then after school we all went to the movie to watch the actual movie and compare the books to the movie. These are six-year-olds. But they remember all those things. They remember the time we had barbecue for lunch. It was the random thing that parents brought in barbecue. They don't remember the fact that I was giving those memorizing assessments. They had authentic tasks that they were connecting to. And they remember, they still remember those in their brain. Now, I will tell you that I unfriended quite a few of these kids eventually because in my mind they were still sweet six-year-olds. And when I hear them talking about their boyfriends and stuff, I was like, oh. Anyway, so I didn't teach them enough social behavior back then. First, Facebook didn't exist in 2001. So times are changing, and I started thinking, what are some things back then that are happen- that happened that will not happen anymore? Which brings me to this news clip. A new tourist destination in Auburn Hills, Michigan, is showing visitors the difficulties life held for Americans in the past. Blockbuster Video aims to transport visitors to a time before the Internet. It's been a historically authentic recreation of a video store, a specialty shop where customers exchange money for the short-term use of videos in an archaic system called Rented. The tour is amazing. It's like stepping into a time machine. It's hard to believe that people live this way. A historical research team spent three years making sure every last detail was accurate. The size used to promote the store's merchandise to the costumes worn by the store's employees, historical performers who make history come alive, return boots twice an hour. My character is based on an actual blockbuster employee named Jerome, who worked there from May of 1999 to June 2000. My main responsibilities are to man the cash register and to put the movies from the return slot back onto the shelves. I am a blockbuster customer named Kathy. Two times a week, I travel six miles to rent and return videos. Oh, look, we're in the comedy section. What's so poignant about this time is the uncertainty. When you get to the blockbuster, are they going to have good videos? Is there going to be a line? Are the alarms going to sound when you walk out of the front door? It was very difficult for the people that, that, that joined us here. Actors say their job is to create a historically authentic experience. Yes, we have it, but our only copy is currently checked out. After the organized tour, visitors are allowed to move around the store, exploring the so-called living museum. It's really amazing that people had to go through so much just to get a movie. Blockbuster joins a growing number of historical tourism sites, including Buffalo, New York's recreation of Virgin Records Music Store and Iowa City's Borders Bookstore Museum. So, I bring this up for a couple of reasons. Not for one, it's funny, but think about the fact that everything is kind of on demand now. I mean, and you think about all that time, how hard it was. I'm already telling my kids this, like, man, when I was younger, I had to travel this long way to go find these videos. They weren't always there. You know, what, what hardship do we have to deal with now? And I started thinking about my own kids how it's going to apply to their classroom experience, and then what are some things that have actually changed, things that they will never, ever get to experience. So this is the question for you. This is where I see how creative the group is. Go to the Today's Meeting and just list something you can think of in your head that existed maybe even 10 years ago that they will probably never get to experience. I mean, they could probably watch a video about it, or old, if you go to the, what's that TV Land website, you can probably watch some old episodes of it. 
Let's see, what are some things out there? Pay phones. The first thing my wife said, she said, it's going to be pay phones. Yes. Rotary dial. Does anyone still have a rotary dial phone? Yes. There's always one in every crowd. Does your arm still work? No. Okay. Phone attached to the wall. Ride home. Interesting. Cursive writing. Yes. <laughs> There's a handwriting expert in the room just like, oh, eight tracks. Now, I don't even remember eight tracks. I do have an eight track player, that's not true. I do. It has a Star Wars theme on it. It's really cool. Record skipping on a turntable. I actually heard that records kind of made a mini comeback, right? A little bit. Mixed tapes. Oh, I love mixed tapes. I think there's actually a website now that's like mixtape.es or something that you can do mixed playlists and give them to people digitally. It's so fast though. It's so easy. It is too easy. Leave a, leave a three second pause to make sure it carries over to get the full appreciation of the song. Or damn it, it's 70 minutes long and I ran out of room. I really wanted to know. Rick Astley's never going to give you up and I just kept cutting off. Or not the beginning of the song and having to wait two hours until it played again. That's right, because there was no, yeah, fast forward, we wanted to get it to the right spot. Meat that looks like an animal. What the, okay, what in the world is that? Rolling down a hill, curled up in an inner tube on a truck. Oh, yeah. Beepers. Here's the interesting thing about beepers. Have you ever called, like, a, uh, any of the cell phone companies now, they still do this. If you'd like to page this person, press five now. You can do pages. Of course, David Pope said the reason they put all those things in, the, in those uh, messages is because they want to extend your phone time. Do you know that? So when you call somebody and it goes through a whole long list of stuff, it's actually eating your minutes. It's making them more money. Interesting. Wired computer at home? Yes. Oh, Corvette VHS. Those things were awesome. Someone find a picture of that and put it in today's page. It looked like a mini Corvette and had a VHS tape and slapped out into it. Okay. We'll get, and then there's a link for 100 things your kids will never know. Perfect. So all of these things are changing. I think about my daughter, we just got a Chromecast uh, right before I left, which is a pretty cool piece of technology. You plug it in your TV, it's $35, and I can just beam anything I want to the television. Netflix, YouTube, or really the only two things because it just came out. But, you know, in her mind, we were watching, um, she was watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse on the Disney Channel and said, why is, um, she was kind of, let's watch it again. And I said, well, it's, it's on television. She said, no, 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 just let's watch it again. I was like, it doesn't work that way. You know, I'm listening to Pandora Radio and you guys walked in. And she loves the Lumineers. And the song from the Lumineers came on. Mumford and Sons. She's like, oh, wait again, Daddy. Like, it's on the station. I can't change it. Sorry. Unless I go buy the album. And so her mind, what learning is, I used to watch Sesame Street when I was a kid. I love Sesame Street. In fact, the one that Grover went and like got the bowl of soup and it had a fly in it. I love that episode. Do you remember that? At the restaurant. At the restaurant. Yes. Wait a minute. There's a fly in my soup. Yes. <laughs> wow. <what did> that <laughs> Um, but I had to wait for like two months to watch that episode. I was like, oh, it's on, finally, I'm so excited. Her, she just watches it and replays it and replays it and replays it, has it memorized. So it's changing a lot of the way we're learning. We, you guys know this. And this thing keeps crashing. Oh, there we go. So this is an actual clip from a classroom in 1982. Went back in time and found this classroom. So it's kind of dated. But I want you to watch it and think about the way things are still the same in education and how they change. And then the bonus question is, how could flip learning help this classroom? Here you go. Hello. Watch carefully. I have one question for you. Can you attend my class? It is for your own good. And if you can't make it, I can make it. We have a 20 question quiz, that's a problem. Your brain, your you have space while you're watching it, you've got an idea. What's the midterm and final, which counts for one third, got it? Also, there will be no eating. E-A-T-I-N-G. No eating in this class. You get used to doing your own business on your own time. That's one demand I make. Just like you wouldn't want me to come to your house some evening and discuss U.S. history on your time, understand? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> this guy's been stung since third grade. Yes? Yeah, I'm registered in this class. What class? 
This is U.S. history. See the blow up right there. Freedom? Is that Oh, please. I get so lonely when I hear that third tone tells me that all my kids are not here. Sorry, I'm late. It's just like this new schedule is totally confusing. Yeah, I know that, dude. <laughs> Mr. Spicoli. Listen in again. He ripping the car. Yeah. Hey, bud, what's your problem? No problem at all. I think you know where the front office is. You dick! I have taken the time to print out a complete schedule of class quizzes and the chapters they cover. Please pass them to the desk behind. Back, back, back. Fast times or Here's a question. Time. You can say this out loud. You don't have to use it today's meeting, but some of you put some stuff in there too. What are some ways you think? Well, first of all, let's talk about what are some ways things are still the same in that classroom, in the schools today. You want to call something out? We'll do it old school. You can actually use your eye mouth to Desks and rows still have to be. How many of you still have desks and rows in your schools? Yeah. Only a couple of you. Wow. How many? Okay. Other question. How many of you have no classroom with desks and rows? Nice. You have desks, but they're not in rows. They're in groups. Okay. A lot of that's good. That's a good sign. I've had this before. Not a single hand has come up. So I'm, I'm we've got chairs that, to me, I forget what they're called. But they remind me of adult high chairs or middle school high chairs, and they're on wheels. Oh, like steel node, the, the steel yeah. case node chairs. Yeah, those are great. Okay. What about so desks are still in rows? What else? Yes. Uh, the desk schedule is like it's rigid. There's no flexibility for meeting with us. Yeah. Here's the agenda for the year. And it's going to be this way. So some of you still have that happening? Yeah. Okay. What else? Yeah. I was just thinking when you said attending class, well, in many cases, attending class is not necessary to, to get the content. So right. So now you can... Online learning. Yeah. Now, they, now so that's kind of changed in a lot of ways. Well, your, so, stu your students aren't in class. They, can, they should be able to go on your, on your curriculum and find it and yeah. do it. So the paper part of it, we don't need to smell the paper. Cork boards, man, someone's really observant. I saw those in the back of the room, we still have those. Um, someone said chalkboards the last time I did this. Or, or no, you know what, there was a really disgruntled teacher in class when I showed them this, and she said, kids are still disrespectful to their teachers. And it's true in some ways they are, right? That, that part never really changes. We may have evolved, and the technology may have evolved. Content area block teaching. Oh, they're cool, yeah. So what are ways that it's changed? What is ways that the classroom changed? Of course, we have technology. That's the easy one. How can flip? Yeah, go ahead. You can have more individualized either pacing or content or things like that. It's not a, you come to me, and I'm going to get it to you when I get it to you, the whole group. It's now, you know what every kid has. You know, this kid over here really likes to smoke this little cigarette thing, so I'm going to make sure that he's excited about, you know, hemp growth in Northern California or something. Tie that to U.S. history. <laughs> so it's interest-based a lot more, right? Um, and here's the clip. Thank you, Wes, for posting that up there. Okay? What about flipped learning? There was just a brief moment, and I kind of cheated and called it out. How could flipped learning have helped his class? Engagement. What's that? Engagement. Engagement. U.S. history is like the end-all, be-all of fact, everything, right? But you can still make U.S. history kind of non-Googleable by saying, yeah, this is why this war happened or when it happened, but what were the things that happened that led up to that? What was your opinion? Which side of that debate would you, would you follow? And so a lot of what Mr. Hand kind of proposed was, you know, I'm not going to come into your club, in your house at night and tell you these things. But we're doing a little, yes, 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 yes. I was going to say, the potential of the U.S. history class, the potential for them to be able to view clips of a specific event in history and, you know, do learning that way to share with, with classmates on a URL or something, you know, 
just quickly share it out to each other and then collaborate online about what that clip was about. Great. Yeah. It's all, all both. It's all blurred. Yeah. <laughs> and at home, it's still, it's still learning time, and the classroom is still student right. time. Led, so that whole thing he says about it, now my time, is your time, it's not there anymore. Did anybody watch this entire movie? Has anyone seen it? Or some of y'all have you sort of laughing like, what happened at the very end? Yeah. Yeah? Mr. Man goes and makes home visits to help Jeff study so he can go to the day. That's right. It's eight hours of history crammed it into a one-night session. So it really was early sort of flipped learning. Obviously, we can't replicate ourselves. I always tell people one-to-one is great. iPads. I think the best environment would be one-to-one teachers. But, yeah, I know. And the Texas legislature always says, yeah, right, Carl. Good luck with that one. You know, we're cutting you guys. We're not adding more of you. Yeah. But in that sense, isn't that I mean, Khan Academy at its core was, when it was invented, was that, yeah, that's just it. We're going to extend the learning, we're going to let you expand, learn on your own time. You didn't get the concept, go back and watch it. And I think still at its basis, if you're talking about just flipped learning, that's a good place to start. Starting with a video, and I've shown you a lot of videos, but I'm going to show you a few other tools real quick before we get to the end. So, let me see if I get this thing back up and running. Good stuff. I was going to say, yeah, I one of the struggles that I see on my faculty is there are a lot of teachers who are not willing to mix the my time your time and they very much want to separate and not be available and the success they're having in their classroom is minimal compared to those of us who are willing to put ourselves out there and one that I'm always hearing teachers are doing like chat rooms on Facebook. Like at eight o'clock at night I'm gonna do a chat room. I know there's someone got scared there. I saw that. But I mean they'll do like in that closed you know or an open environment you can say these students if you want to come at eight o'clock I'm gonna have a, a chat room. Bet today's meet. Come on today's meet at eight o'clock tonight We'll do it. I'll be open for office hours. Those are teachers willing to work at night to right. do that stuff. You're right. We're and the more of this we get in there, the more we're having to kind of blur those lines, whether we let them bring in their own device or whether we give them a school-issued one. Um, let me see. So this last little bit, we have about, man, I don't know too long. You guys are great. This is a great discussion topic. So I want to give you some tools besides just the video stuff. Now, that's a way to start. And I'll actually I'll skip over this, but I'll put it into today's week. This is actually... I turn it down a little bit. This is actually one of the kind of founders, if you will, of the term flip learning. Um, Aaron and John came up with this kind of in Colorado. And so this video he talks about, it's, it's two and a half minutes. So we don't, I don't want to show you the whole video, but you can go back and watch it. And I'll put that link in the today's week. And then you'll also get all these resources. Um, but he talks about the basic concept of, here's how I did it, which is video. And then he even shows like some examples of he and John like doing a little um, screencast, like screencast-o-matic or Camtasia, and actually going through and actually recording it, early Khan Academy type stuff, only with the teachers there to actually personalize themselves. And then the kids are able to watch it and in school, but they also get to go home and do that. And so this, and it's very core basic, basic belief of flip teaching is where it started. It was like, we're gonna do a video right here, they're gonna, we're gonna kind of debate it in person. But again, these are teachers taking their own time, like you just said, you know, how do you get them to do that? And, I, and I, I'll tell you, if you get one teacher that's willing to try it, help them with it. Say, listen, even if it's just 15 minutes at the end of school, you want to make a quick video, because then you can replicate that over all seven or eight periods. That's the beauty of it. You can actually clone yourself in some way. Um, so start simple when you're doing your own flip projects. How many of you actually have teachers in your district that are doing some flip teaching right now? Or maybe you are. Wow, good. So a lot of you know your stuff already. I always say start with the video component because it's the easiest one. Get a YouTube channel, although, the next thing I usually hear is, but Carl, YouTube is locked in my school. That's true. So a lot of times we ask them to go home, we use Vimeo. I mean, TeacherTube is kind of clunky, but it works. Um, this is actually in our uh, Highline, it's our uh, dance class that we have at Westlake High School. And these are the kids with their iPads recording this. These two, there's actually another young lady kind of off the picture there. They're recording them doing the dance moves so they can go home at night and actually practice it. So now the teacher isn't even making the videos anymore. So for that teacher that says, I just don't have time to sit down and make the videos, find some kids that are willing to actually create some of the stuff for you. And so kids can actually make design, design these videos and post them up and say, hey class, I filmed Cindy doing her dance routine. Here it is. Send it out to the class. They've actually created the content. The teacher checks it to make sure it's all good and appropriate and puts it out there. Uh, these, this model is actually from Leonardo's laptop. He talks about... You know, the very first kind of level of any type of learning, you, you kind of collect information. When we got these iPads, the first thing our kids did was, they went, we said, okay, well, let's use it for uh, books and 
just research. That was it, collecting information. But we started to expand on that. This is actually called the CRCD model. Uh, and then they started to relate. So wait a minute, not only can we collect information, but we can start sharing ideas. Someone mentioned over here about you know, watching a YouTube video at night and then commenting on it. And all of a sudden, you've extended the class, you've extended the learning, you've added that authenticity. You can actually create stuff. We know this now. I mean, it's, we're walking around, I mean, Dean, he'll talk about it, I'm sure, as keynote, but we're walking around with mobile video studios in our pockets. So kids can create videos, create things like those kids are doing, and actually create content so we no longer have to. And then the, this last one is the hardest one. Donate. This doesn't mean give money. This is actually sharing your content with the world. That's right. And this is the hardest line to cross. I've found with teachers, with kids, and with parents. And there's a powerful thing. We had a class of third graders make an iBook. It's in the iBook store. It's called The History of Means. And all of a sudden, someone from Turkey, someone from Florida, they downloaded the book and said, wait, we loved your book. These third graders made a book. They're published authors in the iBooks. And how powerful is that for those kids? History of beans? But back in my day, it was you took that piece of paper and you slapped it on your refrigerator and your mom saw it. And then, like in our case, our refrigerator just kept getting, it's almost got layers of paper on it now. Like we're afraid to throw away any artwork. It's like, oh, it's, everything's a gem. Um, but that's what happened. We're the only ones that get to experience it. But now, grandma, grandpa, everybody can experience that learning. And actually, someone you don't even know you're going to affect can do that. So getting them to blog, getting them to donate, that's a real, that's a top one if you get to that level. But we always start with collect and kind of work our way down the deep. So this is actually a uh, social studies project that was done by Greg Kulowick in, uh, up in Boston, who's a high school teacher. And he used Padlet, which used to be called uh, Wallwisher, do you guys remember that? It's pretty cool, you've seen it lately, they did a little refresh. Uh, it's great because it's web-based, device agnostic, doesn't require a login. So he made a wall and he said, hey, I want you to debate tonight. Was Lincoln, was he a great emancipator, was he a racist or a flip-flopper? I mean, it's pretty controversial stuff. These are 16 and 17 year olds going in and they're just battling. And he would, at first it was just a big mess. He went and actually organized the notes into kind of coherent functions. But these kids are relating at 8 o'clock at night. Diana Lautenberg would do this with the uh, State of the Union address. She would do hashtag SOTU. And during State of the Union at night, she would get on Twitter and say, okay kids, Use that hashtag and let's talk about it. Let's have a live discussion about what the president is saying and what does it mean to us. Real learning happening throughout the school day. Besides just watching videos, this is that connection part. Um, I'm going to kind of skip through this really quick. This is something we tried, and I'll tell you, it failed. Yeah. Parts of it worked, parts of it didn't. We tried to flip PD, and to be honest, I did not realize how much time it takes to do this. Online professors, I mean, bless your heart. I had 20 teachers trying this, including one who's actually presenting here, John Samuelson, iPad Sammy. He was the teacher in our district trying this for me. And what we did is we made a little weekly site, I made a little module, and I said, all right, staff, if you do all these modules, you will get your 12 hours of credit. You know, staff, you don't have to go to summer, you don't have to do all that training. And I think in its concept, it's going to work, but this first iteration didn't. I mean, the premise was, you know, the teachers could kind of learn on their own, and then they would come together in a workshop in real time, and they already have all the tools. So I teach them about Google Drive, I teach them about Edmodo, and then they would learn all that, they would download it like the Matrix, and then come in and talk about it for six hours. It did not work. I couldn't get it to work. There's a way to make it work, I just haven't figured it out yet, so this is a challenge to you guys, too. How many of you are actually, is anyone actually trying this? Yeah. The big thing was, first of all, it was way too long. I did it the month of May. Yeah, epic fail. Never did anything the last month of school. And so the teachers were stressed out, and they just didn't have time to do it. I gave them a month to do the course. I kind of timed it out to about 12 hours, um, and it just took too long. And so what I noticed was May 31st, here comes all the emails. And then I was the professor, and so they still call me Professor Hooker, which is just funny. Um, I do want to be a doctor in the days. But they would call me professor, and that, that night, the two nights leading up to it, it's like my inbox. I was like, wow, I didn't realize how much work this is going to be. I thought, here's some little videos, submit your assignments, you're all done. They needed help, too, along the way. It wasn't just set it and forget it. So I always tell people that if you're flipping your classroom, don't just think, here's the video, kids, good luck. It's going to take some good news to get. I think that it's failed because I've participated in many of those things, and I am multitasking. I've got the thing going on over here, and I'm doing laundry, I'm dinner, yeah, I'm not paying attention. So maybe I should make it like the driver's ed videos, defensive driving. What was the lady wearing on the three <laughs> So you have to watch the whole thing. Yeah. But you're right, it's, and I think I designed it to be asynchronous, I didn't want them just to watch videos. So, you know, this is just kind of a little quick overview, use some Google Forms, 
I told them they could work in groups. Uh, it, it's just the timing was not there. So yeah. I, I was going to say, um, in some of the PD that I've done, that teachers want you to tell them what to do. And that's the biggest problem with doing that. So we put a lot of resources online. You know, go ahead and watch the screencast, two-minute screencast. They re- they just don't. It's not in their in their design. It's our students. You can you can get them to do that. Yep. Training, but you know we we weren't trained that way. We're all trained the old model. Madeline Hunter is our queen, right? We love her. So we go to when I go to training and I, we got iPads, I handed them out to teachers and I said for the next. Two hours, I want you to just explore apps. And they all looked at me, like, what are you talking about? I'm like, tell me what to do. And I said, what do you mean? Like, I want to know what note-taking app to take. Not notability, not everything, not all these. Give me the one app. That's all I want. And it was amazing. It was, yeah, it was epic fail because they're, now it's changed over the last couple of years. But at first, that was like, oh, this is different. So it does take some getting used to. I mean, we used, I'll just show you real quickly, but we did the models collaboration. I had to get on Google Drive, actually post some stuff. So I had a timestamp. We used Edmodo as our little back channel communication. The idea was the teachers use the tools that then their kids will use. Right. And so some of this actually, believe it or not, did work because they started using it in their class, which is what I wanted. Um, the part that didn't work was the face-to-face time. That never seemed to work. We used some creative for critical thinking. And then we made, had them make little movies about what they were doing in their classrooms. This forced them to use iMovie and kind of post it somewhere. The whole process of publishing that donated part, sharing it out to the world. So. I would challenge you to try one of these in your class, but I don't have the right answers for it, but I do post this up there. It does have potential. Some of you sounds like you've already tried this in some ways. So I think it's a great way to extend our own learning too. You guys are doing that right now. You're at a conference. Some of you are on Twitter right now looking at the mobile 2012, 13 hashtag 2012, and say, wow, Tony Benson session, he's got so much better stuff over there. I'm going to watch his or call his That's okay. I don't go against Tony. Ain't nothing to love for him. Here's some cool tools that I'll actually show at App Speed Dating. Have you guys seen these? My favorites. And I wish I had more than like three minutes because I would show you some of these. But like, Ask 3 is powerful. And it is free. Subtext is free. Family is free. These are all free. They're all moving somewhat web-based, although I think Ask 3 is still just at home. I'm looking at the TechSmith guy because he actually is in the back of the room. Thing link. I like ThingLink. Is is powerful stuff. Awesome. You know what? That just went hard in the summer. Let's see if this crashes. Do you use thing like? Is that where you do uh, like an image, tag like it. a hot map or uh, yeah, you can it's a reflector? Yeah, you can just play with it a little bit. Yeah, so they just, they just uh, have them. Just real fast, I'm just going to show you Ask 3 as a sneak preview. Now you can see that I've been on Twitter and Facebook. Which is great. Um, great for Twitter stuff you're talking about. Great for YouTube. How many of you have seen Ask 3? Raise your hand just take Oh, so some of you know about it. What is it? It's the thing where you go to the computer and do that. Right. This is essentially, I did this with 150 cool. teachers, and I wasn't sure it would actually work, but you just create a class, it has a little code, so you can see I made several classes, and they each have their own little unique code, oh, it's not showing up up there, there it is, and then the kids go in as a student, and they join your class with the code, again, no login required at this point, I use Google Apps, we use that part of it, I'm going to show you a class, and the great thing about this is it gamifies a lot of the comments. And so what the premise is, is you can actually go in to a bulletin board. It's taking a little while because I'm actually trying to, I'm trying to do this over airplay, over a MiFi. And you can actually post, it's like explain everything meets a collaborative element. So no longer is it just, I'm going to make it explain everything, but I want kids to actually comment on it. So if I posted something like this one here, very what is low tech, let's wait for it to come up. Can't really hear because I forgot to mute my mic, but there we go. And so I'm actually writing a video, I'm actually showing them a video. This is the Luxor for those of you that don't know. <laughs> so you're like, thanks, there we go. And kids can actually comment on different parts of the video. They can do video responses to that. And so in a flipped classroom, the power of this is what? How could you use this tool in a flipped classroom? Yeah? They could, if they about one particular part of it, they could post a question about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's breaking up and using MiFi and AirPlay and doing all sorts of craziness. But on here, it looks beautiful. Yeah, right. So you can post a concept and then the kids can comment. Like, Wait, I didn't get that part. At this very moment, so I can go to my comment right there where you see my head, and that's me jumping in with a comment or a video. Here's a video response. You can post your own video response. So kids can reply via video. These are just starting to come out now, but I think the power is there. So come to our speed data session, that was a quick plug for that, but also just to see some of these tools in action. 
So really, when it comes to tools, you need to find the ones that work for you. You can get overwhelmed with anything. I said start with videos, but have teachers find a couple of tools that work for them, because there's thousands out there. Uh, Greg used Padlet. He loved Padlet. He used it all year. So every time he had something in U.S. history, he would post it on Padlet. The kids got comfortable with it. If you're a math teacher, maybe use Ask 3 all through the year. Pick one or two. You don't have to have a thousand. If you're an English teacher, use subtext. Very powerful stuff. So I say all this to bring me back to this point. This classroom I talked about before, and this is where I gotta be careful because I'll start crying. So I'm not gonna look at the screen. Oh, it's in front of me. Um, I hear, in all those comments, you didn't get to see it, but at the bottom of the Facebook page, there's a lot of kids talking about the spelling test that I gave them at the end of the year. And it was, I told them, I said, guys, if you're really good, really good, six and seven year olds, I will give you a word that is 21 letters long on the last spelling test. And they got so excited. You think, oh yeah, teacher, right, whatever. And it brings me to this. Does anyone know what that is? Yes. The I've gone to Hawaii that year. I brought back little Hawaiian medallions for all the kids. They had sharp tooth for the boys, little sandals for the girls. And so we talked about Hawaii, the culture, we got really into it. And at the very end, we talked about this fish, the same fish of Hawaii. And the powerful thing was, 22 kids went home that night, studied. 22 kids came back, they aced it. Every single one of them got it right. And here's what's even more powerful than that. Remember Brooke, I told you about her? I'm still friends with her and her family. She just graduated high school. I gave her a present for a graduation gift. She wrote me a thank you note. And at the bottom of the note, it said, P.S., I can still spell. <laughs> thank you. You're listening to Fuel for Educational Change Agents, an audio podcast channel including a variety of audio recordings by and recorded by Wesley Fryer, published for educators worldwide interested in free audio-based professional development. This is a supplementary podcast channel complementing Moving at the Speed of Creativity podcast, which typically includes longer and lightly edited or unedited audio recordings. Learn more and access these podcasts on audio.speedofcreativity.org. All content on this podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 United States license.